The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This is the Thursday edition of the 630 Chad Afternoon News. As you heard, Brad Whisker and Morgan Black filling in for Jaylen Nye. Jaylen will be absent again tomorrow, back on Monday, currently at a conference in Yellowknife. Morgan, how are you doing? Well, Brad, my, I'm breathing a little bit harder today than I, I usually am. It is so dark outside. Yeah, it's very ominous, eh? I mean, I woke up this morning and I thought that it was still 5 or 5.30 in the morning because typically around that time now, at this time of year, the sun's already shining into my bedroom. Did you sleep with your windows open last night? Because I did. I did. Yeah, and that was the other thing. As soon as I woke up, I thought, what is that? Is that smoke? Are we really... Did it reach us again? Are we here again? I feel kind of silly. I thought I had burned my toast. I was like, <laughs> oh, I, I was I was making toast for myself this morning, and I was like, wait, did I? But it's just begun. Yeah, so, and it's just, I mean, periodically I look out the window at work, and it's getting darker and darker. Kent Morrison tweeted uh, a photo over at uh, Global Edmonton. The lights are on because the sensors think it's it's nighttime. Yeah, and that air quality index, it's prompted Alberta Health Services to issue a statement for the metro area. Medical Officer of Health Catherine Kalaska says we are in a high-risk range, one stage below the maximum, which is considered very high risk. So that means some children and seniors need to be cautious. Kids, being smaller people, uh, breathe more uh, rapidly as well as they're always running around when they're outside, which means they can take, right now, more particles deeper into their lungs. And so, but there's some kids that have asthma and some kids that don't. So it's still about knowing your kid, knowing the air quality health index, and making some good choices and watching your kids on how they're doing. Now, Kalaska says that's the case right now, and the air quality index in around Edmonton is at about a 7. That risk to seniors and children, it could get even worse if the index rises to very high risk. So as the number increases, you should be watching more carefully. By the time we're getting up into high risk or a very high risk, which is uh, up close to 9, 10, and 10 plus, pretty much that can affect everybody at that point. In those middle to uh, middle high numbers, it depends a little bit more and you have to use your your judgment. Kalaska says it's also true for those folks with lung disease such as asthma and COPD. The warning is expected to last until tomorrow morning when the wind is expected to shift. The weather for tomorrow 25 mix of sun and cloud then on Saturday we could see some rain so Morgan as you said you know you stepped outside this morning and you can you can feel it in your lungs you can almost taste it in your mouth a little bit. Well you're just hoping that it it quickly goes away and then just a bit of rain for relief for all of northern Alberta basically I thinking about the the scale of the wildfire right now it's it's unbelievable yeah it is and we're going to get a full update from you here in about five or six minutes time from Derek Gagnon he's an Alberta wildfire information officer he'll give us the latest on what's happening in the Chuck Egg area creek wildfire and last night if you were watching tv or by your phone those Emergency alerts started to, to kick in for other areas of the province. So, again, as I mentioned yesterday, and that the same message continues today, this is a story that we will follow throughout the afternoon with you and keep you up to date as we can. At 2.35, we're going to chat with Therese Greenwood. She is an author, but also an evacuee of the Fort McMurray wildfire back in 2016. She's going to recount her evacuation from that wildfire what she left behind, what it was like driving away from her home. These are stories that we've heard before. So 
We've heard them before, but this account is different than, than others, and, and we want to get a, an idea of what it's like, especially now that certain towns and, and cities are, are now under that eight-hour alert. If it, if, it get an, if it gets announced, that means you have eight hours to leave your home. We're also going to uh, get an update on the Raptors situation. Game one of the NBA Finals tonight. That'll happen at 3.35 with Jamie Tawill. People have been lining up since 6 o'clock this morning in Toronto to get a chance of joining Jurassic Park, not even going into the stadium, but just into Jurassic Park. When do you go to the bathroom? I don't know. Do you think you, you, I guess you have to make friends with the other people in line? Make friends or go in pairs, because if you went down there solo, you're going to lose your spot. It's, it's the, the logistics of getting into Jurassic Park are fascinating to me. Oh, absolutely. So just a, a quicker uh, update here on the wildfire situation that we know of. As I said, we'll get another update here in about four or five minutes. Uh, the province is putting more communities on evacuation order or alert today. The Chuck A. Creek wildfire is already bigger than Calgary and Edmonton combined, currently standing at 2,300 square kilometres in size. Yesterday, the province ordering residents to leave areas south of high level and put the town of Manning on evacuation alert. Uh, Many of those thousands of high level area evacuees are taking refuge in Slave Lake, but now that town is also under an eight-hour evacuation alert. That means residents should be packed and ready to leave on short notice. We're going to take a quick break here for you so we can get that out of the way and move on to Derek Gagnon, who can give us the latest on the wildfire situation in the province. This is the Thursday edition of the 6.30 Chet Afternoon News. I'm Brad Whisker, joined alongside by Morgan Black. Jalen Nye will be back on Monday. Well, we touched on it before the break. We would get an update on what's happening with the wildfire situation in the province. And to do that for us, we welcome Derek Gagnon, Alberta Wildfire Information Officer, to the show. Derek, how are you doing? Not bad yourselves. Not too bad, and thanks for taking the time. I know it's uh, a very uh, very busy day. It's another one of those very crucial days, a, a day that uh, continues to develop as we carry on. Uh, what's the latest you can tell us with the Chuck A. Creek area wildfire? So what we saw with that wildfire over the course of the last approximately 24 hours is that around noon yesterday, it was about 150,000 hectares in size. It grew by about 80,000 hectares between yesterday at noon and about 4 a.m. this morning. Uh, and still growing a little bit on that southern uh, side. So it went about 22 and a little bit kilometers to the south in a rather short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, it happened so quickly. What were the contributing factors there? Uh, well, the, the way that the things have been on the ground for so long up there is that we're seeing really dry temperature, sorry, really dry conditions on the ground and hot temperatures, which are uh, hot temperatures, low humidity. And then what was really the driving force yesterday was a strong wind out of the north, which really sent that thing going uh, south in a quick uh, way. Derek, how difficult is it to keep track of a wildfire of this size growing so rapidly? Uh, well, I mean, we're, we're doing our best with uh, a very large amount of people um, working to, to provide information um, so that we can provide that update to the public as quickly as possible and make the most informed decisions we can when it comes to talking to communities and possibly recommending uh, evacuations. Could you just take us through the number of people that are currently tackling this massive fire? Uh, So at last check for that wildfire, 
we had around about 500 wildland firefighters and support staff that were working on it. Um, and that also includes, um, so that, that doesn't actually include, sorry, the, the amount of structural uh, firefighters that are working in the town. So there's about 168 of those that are working. There's also 28 helicopters, 46 pieces of heavy equipment, as well as that are air tankers that are rotating in uh, on a, as needed and as available basis to help fight the wildfire. Derek, are those controlled burns a big reason why there's been no damage to the town itself? Those controlled burns were were really um, really beneficial to yeah creating a, a a barrier between the wildfire and the the town itself, burning up that fuel, taking anyway uh, a real possibility for the fire to to build up steam and go through there. So when we had those winds out of the southwest, without that fuel there to be consumed by the wildfire. There was nowhere for it to go but in other directions away from the town. Derek, have we heard anything about a chance of rain in the next few days? What's the, what's the weather currently like across the province up there? Uh, it still looks like it's going to be dry for the foreseeable future. We see the occasional forecast of showers coming in. Um, showers would be nice. Showers would make things a little less extreme, uh, but a really prolonged and heavy rain would would really do a, a long a, a large bit of good and we don't really see that in the forecast right now uh, Derek a lot of the conversation has been centered around the high level area but things changed last night there's been a few other other towns and communities now that have been evacuated what happened last night to make those happen uh, we just saw the, the continued extreme fire conditions throughout the province um, haven't really changed all that much. What we saw was that that large, uh, or not sorry, large, but that heavy wind out of the north, which meant that some of those fires became very active and moved quite a bit. So over towards the, the Wabasca-Demeray area, we saw two of the wildfires grow very much in size to the point where we're now expecting them to join up and become one wildfire. And they moved to a distance within the to within a distance of the community of Wabasca Demerate that an evacuation order was recommended and ultimately heated. And uh, the situation in Slave Lake, that town now under an eight-hour evacuation alert. Before we talk about the actual risk to the town of Slave Lake, can you walk us through what an eight-hour evacuation alert means? Uh, So an eight-hour evacuation alert is when you you are basically told that be prepared to leave in eight hours. Um, so that gives you some time to, to gather your belongings, gather the things that are important to you, gas up your vehicles, make sure that your pets are able to be transported if necessary, and uh, ultimately, yeah, prepare yourself as best as possible for what could be uh, an imminent evacuation. Slave Lake is currently housing some of the evacuees. So where should people go should slave lake be put in this evacuation alert which direction should they go where are you telling them to go and where do they check in once they get there uh that would be something more for the town of slave lake but i recommend anybody that is concerned to check in with uh alberta emergency alert there's both a website as well as an app that is providing information that you can find contact numbers contact information for 
the towns and municipalities that they will tell you um, just how to proceed and where to proceed to. If things hopefully change in favor of of fire crews and everybody else, do you think, you know, within the next week or so that you'll be able to pull some of the firefighters back and hopefully this thing goes in a different direction? Uh, It's really tough to say uh, or predict where and how a wildfire is going to progress. Right now we're working very hard on our containment efforts to make sure that these wildfires don't grow any more than uh, we're capable of uh, letting them grow. Um, And we're also working hard to ensure the safety of all Albertans in any community within the province. Uh, Derek, I've seen a lot of chatter on social media and people are wondering, you know, why the risk is so high this year because we had such a frigid winter and it seemed like the winter would never end. It seemed like there would be enough moisture in the ground. Can you talk about the conditions that you're going to be dealing with throughout the rest of the summer? Oftentimes, uh, the the winter conditions can play a little bit of a factor, but it only lasts so long uh, into the spring. Uh, Once the snow melts, once the sun starts hitting the ground and drying up those fuels, it doesn't really matter how much um, snow was during the, the, the winter. What matters is how much rain is during the spring. And we haven't really seen that much rain in the northern boreal over the past few weeks. We've seen it down in the slopes towards Calgary, towards Rocky Mountain House. But in the northern half of the province, the rain just hasn't been there. And as a result, it's been extreme wildfire danger for some time now. Derek, thank you for taking the time to join us today. I know it's a busy day for you and all the crews out there, and uh, we'll chat again soon. All right, good talking to you. That is Derek Gagnon, Alberta Wildfire Information Officer. And just a heads up that later this afternoon, we are expecting a news conference at 3.45 that we will carry live here on 6.30 Ched and our sister station, Global News Radio 880 Edmonton. It's an update from the province, Agriculture and Forestry Minister Devin Dreeshen, Municipal Affairs Minister Casey Madu, and firefighter officials, wildfire officials, will update the latest conditions about what's happening there. So, Morgan, I mean, this is uh, this is another big day. Not that this day is more important than others, but it, by the sounds of it from, from Derek Gagnon, this is a crucial day. Well, and it just, it's, it's, it's crazy to think how fast it's growing. I mean, when you think of the, the scope of it, the first day it's like, wow, this is a big deal. The second day it's getting even bigger. And now we're spanning such a, a wide, a wide piece of land. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, the way that this started, it was outside the town and it stayed outside the town. And I was hosting the Alberta Morning News on the weekend and chatting with Julia Wong and wildfire officials that weekend. It sounded like this fire was going to sort of contain itself and stay outside of the town, but then the winds and the heat picked up Sunday afternoon. And ever since then, there's been this concern that this was going to happen yesterday and then carry in today. And as we've heard, that wildfire is now sitting at 230,000 hectares, growing in at a rapid pace. And now there's concern of where this thing moves and when it will move. And, and the firefighters are sort of questioning, where do we go next? Well, and as you said, with, with the wind direction, we were all celebrating. The wind was not blowing it closer to town. Things seemed to be going on the right track. And, and, na- and now, now we may be seeing another evacuation order coming down. Yeah, now, and, and people in Edmonton might be wondering, you know, could this ever happen in our city? 
Laura Stewart is the president of Fire Smart Canada. She says that areas like Edmonton could face a wildfire situation at some point, saying the river valley is filled with trees. The risk increases, and for communities that typically we wouldn't consider a high-risk area or areas of concern, we all realize now that we have to take action and, pro and proactive steps to reduce the potential for wildfire impacting us. And, and it's, it's really a, it's a changing reality that we're facing when it comes to wildfire in Canada. And it's pretty simple, Laura Stewart says, that the key here is to be knowledgeable and always be prepared. I always start with education because it's important to not only educate within the community and within community members, staff, uh, employees, um, but it's also impo really important, critically important to educate the public. She went on to say that an important proactive step to protect your homes, to make sure trees, shrubs and other vegetation are planted at least 100 metres away from the house or the garage. So it's hard to believe, I mean, you know, you never really think of a, of a metropolitan area getting into a situation like a high level or like a Fort McMurray, but Laura really dumbs it down and puts it into perspective that this is possible, this could happen. Well, and it could just be as easy as a stray cigarette butt that gets thrown out in a place that's a little dry and then you have... You have a big issue on your hands. Yeah, and we don't, I mean, we should remind people again, just butt out your cigarettes properly. Don't flick them out the car window. Make sure you have an ashtray handy. Don't put them in your planted, your your potted plants. We've seen this happen too many times with, with house fires, and this isn't especially another time to remind you to, to properly discard your butts. And, and just on the note of the smoke, it's impacting Edmonton big time. Kent Morrison saying that, you know, events have been cancelled and moved indoors. Eskimos practice that was moved off the turf at Commonwealth inside the field house because of the air quality. Now, all Edmonton Catholic School junior high sports have been cancelled today. The schools must keep their kids inside at recess and lunch if the air quality gets to seven. We've heard that most schools are keeping the kids inside right now. Edmonton Public School says the same thing. A number of schools having indoor recess. So the air quality is forecasted to remain at seven in the at the, in the Edmonton region. It's higher in the northwest. Right now, Grand Prairie is at a 10 plus. That's the maximum. Now, coming up on the other side of the news, we're going to chat with an author and a Fort McMurray wildfire evacuee sharing her story of what it was like to leave everything behind.